electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Apple stock is off to its worst start of the year since 1982. But could the iPhone maker be an AI dark horse in 2024? It's Monday, January 8th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa. And I'm Mark Gilbert. Morning, Deirdre. Apple shares up today, but they fell every day last week to start 2024. Today, we wanted to look at what's the conceivable floor for those shares and is AID part of the conversation around if the company is actually undervalued right now? Right. And there's sort of two discussions going on. On one hand, you could look at Apple as undervalued if you think that it hasn't benefited and really hasn't talked about generative AI over the last year. In fact, we've noted in the past that <laughs> Tim Cook like actively avoids saying the words AI. He prefers to say machine learning. And I take that almost as like confidence that they're thinking about it and going to do something. But then you look at the fundamentals, right, that don't, as of now, incorporate generative AI. And Apple didn't even grow last year. And it was the worst performer of the Magnificent Seven in 2023 with 40%, which is nothing to scoff at. But in terms of those huge moves by the biggest mega cap tech companies, it was sort of at the bottom of the pile. Go back five years, though. And it is the clear, it and Microsoft are the clear best performers of that group, save maybe an NVIDIA. So there's always debate around Apple. It does feel like this battleground stock where, you know, Wall Street loves it. And then people who want to see more growth love to hate it. But let's talk about this AI proposition, right? Because last year, and this is a theme we've talked about before as well, it was about enabling generative AI. So GPUs, compute power in the cloud that's needed for large language models. This year, from the people I speak to, it's going to be all about applications. And in this sense, Apple could be that dark horse. Right. And Tim Cook's strategy, uh, sort of as outlined by Apple, has focused on integrating AI within its ecosystem of devices and services that it's trying to grow. So instead of having a single chat GPT moment, Apple sees AI as something that blends into the UX user experience and is embedded into your device Um you know, that, that is constantly uh, slowly improving at, you know, every iPhone 14, 15, 16 that, that comes out. So rather than requiring, uh, you know, a single change of habits and a jump to a different platform, like, you know, switching over to chat GPT, instead of a chat bot, we could see, uh, you know, just more gen a- AI enabled uh, phones, uh, enabled operating system and just, you know, enabled products and services that you use all the time. Which is a clever way of thinking about this, because it's not like when Netflix was figuring out all of our algorithms to feed us what to watch. We knew (laughs) that it was using machine learning and artificial intelligence. It was just served to us a better experience. So that's how Apple thinks of this. And it's just going to be there. And that is maybe why you know, they don't have to talk about it at every moment, like some of their mega cap rivals. And I have to say, this idea is so incredibly obvious to a lot of people in Silicon Valley and the tech people I talk to, but it feels like a little bit less so to Wall Street because um, 
it's not Apple isn't as flashy with their generative AI push as like a Microsoft or an well, Alphabet. They just can't. And it doesn't show up. It. it doesn't really show up on the balance sheet, right? Yes. Like, like all right, of a sudden right. with Microsoft, there's this sort of additional revenue stream. And it's like, oh, wow, look at this new at this new these new dollars coming in. We're at where with Apple. The argument is just, hey, our, our you know, our existing products are just going to get better and that's going to keep people right. buying iPhones. And that's going to drive the upgrade cycle, which is core to the Apple thesis, right? And it's not like you're just buying a new iPhone for a new iPhone. You're buying it because you get so many more features and so many more services. And if you get generative AI built in, that the whole idea is that's going to drive people to upgrade their iPhone this year versus waiting a few years. Right. So you, you talked about upgrade cycle. Morgan Stanley this morning says that even more important than Apple's current fundamentals recovering, 2024 will be the year when Apple's quote edge AI opportunity comes to fruition and catalyzes a new upgrade cycle as well as boosts services spend per user. So edge edge computing is the idea that these large langu- language models will be run on users' devices like smartphones instead of the cloud, you know, instead of a centralized server. Apple has this huge installed base of more than 2 billion uh, you know, phones and iPads and computers, basically an argument that all of Apple's hardware uh, you know, I, I didn't even mention the watches and the the mm-hmm. uh, AirPods, all these sensors and data mm-hmm. and access to consumers and touch points that gives Apple an edge. It kind of reminds me of when Apple came out with the um, AirTags, right? <laughs> and yes, when once the AirTags came out, you thought, well, why would I ever buy anything else? Because the AirTags worked on Apple's network of devices so that you could know where anything is as long as there were Apple devices around, which is pretty much almost anywhere on earth, right, where there are people. So it just, you know, Apple has created this incredible ecosystem that they continue to lean on that incorporates not just its hardware and devices, by the way, but its own in-house custom silicon, its own chips that are becoming very, very powerful and powerful enough to run some of these AI applications. So again, it's just this incredible vertical integration that Tim Cook has really pioneered and used to create this closed ecosystem that benefits Apple throughout each computing age, right? Um, So it's also the framework is called MLX. I won't get too wonky, but um, it, it utilizes the Apple ecosystem and allows developers to build models. And it isn't the same way as you know, Microsoft and Google are building these chatbots. It's a framework. So like we've said, it kind of happens in the background. But Gilbert, may be worth going back a moment. Why is Apple down so much to the start of this year? Because you mentioned it earlier, right? Morgan Stanley said that Apple's current fundamentals, they need to recover. And that is this whole idea that the iPhone market is saturated, that China remains a big question mark, the competition from Huawei, um, the the antitrust investigations going on. So all of these are hitting Apple's current fundamentals. But the idea here is that artificial intelligence is going to become a big player in this AI, generative AI shift, and that could boost the stock this year. Right. I, I, you know, I, the other thing you didn't mention, uh, and, and we were having a conversation about this this morning, so I went and actually looked at it, is that Apple is relatively expensive um, if you look at its price-to-earnings ratio. So if you look at the price-to-shares as related to how much the company is actually earning per share, um, 
and if, and if you and if you look at that actually based on the last five years average, there was sort of a step change. Um, I looked at a JPM note this morning where it was trading in like the you know 14, 15, 16 range, uh, you know, in 2017, 2018, and now it's trading at 27 times. Um, Right. So historically uh, next expensive. Year's, next year's earnings. So it's, it, it is historically expensive. I don't think there's, um, you know, there, there wasn't an argument in that note that it's going to go back down to 15 times. Um, but just that, it, you know, there often is this argument that Apple is sort of uh, uh, under-owned and, and uh, you know, very mm-hmm. inexpensive for the amount of earnings power it actually has. That's not really true today. Right. Um so it's strategy. It's AI strategy. One of the things that I think is so interesting about it is that it hasn't felt the need to keep putting it out there. So I mentioned um, when I was at an Apple event last year, all around the Vision Pro, which it was announced today that it's going to be launched at the beginning of February, right? They don't even say AI. Um Tim Cook and his team, they prefer the term machine learning. So that's less flashy. It's less likely to get you that um, Wall Street buzz because machine learning has been around forever, as has artificial intelligence. But, you know, it's certainly the catchphrase of the last year. As Google, who's trying to talk about artificial intelligence for the last 10 years. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it becomes a thing. And all of a sudden, too, they're like, they can't say it enough, which is always the case. But they're getting, you know, this People are joking about how much they they fall over themselves to say it. Um, but, you know, the machine learning is a more technically accurate description, and that is what Apple strategy rests on. But this whole idea that generative AI isn't going to be this chatbot that we actively seek out, but it's just going to happen. It's going to change everything as we know it, but in the background and subtly like that Netflix algorithm. Yeah, and I really like parsing when Apple is really trying to drive marketing and sort of drive attention towards a product and when it's trying to sort of fly under the radar and pretend that it's not working on a product. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking about, you know, how often it sort of deflects question about like an Apple car or, uh, you know, an Apple TV, not Apple or the TV, headset before it was out. <laughs> before the headset it was about sort of, sort of tried to minimize this headset, headset before finally announcing that it was actually working on a headset. Um you know, I do think that the the interesting. I also want, I want to sort of jump ahead and and talk about Siri because I do mm-hmm. think that the argument around Siri and Apple's um, you know efforts around AI are sort of encapsulated in Siri, right? Because that's not mm-hmm. that's not called like an AI product. It's not called a chatbot, but that's clearly what's happening when you're asking um, you know Siri a question. It's using all sorts of artificial intelligence to try to come up with a. Uh, good, lifelike, useful answer. And something you've heard time and time again over the last year is generative AI needs that killer app. What is the killer app? And that was part of that Morgan Stanley note as well. They believe that Siri, (laughs) which already exists, is the killer app. Let's talk about why Apple might be quiet about this. Um, Someone I was talking to today um, brought up this idea that, you know, of course Apple is going to be this really competitive, interesting player in generative AI, but that's going to bring all the more regulatory scrutiny to the company, which it's already facing on different areas for its ecosystem. And if you think that Apple is going to take a 30% cut, right, which it does of many of the app store developers apps that you get from it, the way it works is that they take that cut. Um, it can be, it's a range, but, you know, typically it's 30% to pay for the store to keep things safe, keep it clean, et cetera. Um, that could be why it's, it's being quite, that's an interesting argument. Well. Right. And, and, and we just got that, you know, New York times article that, that, uh, that was saying that the antitrust, um, 
you know, action is is coming soon that they don't want to sort of beat their chest about how they're working on this this AI LLM platform because they don't want to sort of attract attention to the 30% cut presumably they're going to take from all the developers who make the the apps that work on that. And their 2 billion plus installed base, right? <laughs> right? If this is just starting and you're able to do this on the edge using the devices that are already out there, Apple has a huge advantage. Who can compete with that? Nobody. Maybe Android, um, which would be interesting if Google is going to develop something similar, right? But it seems that the efforts, at least from Google and Microsoft, are focused on products and tools, new new ones that people are going to, and companies especially, are going to pay for. I'm also stealing your point, but uh, but you know, there's also this idea that Apple is very rarely a first mover, right? Yeah. They didn't create the first um, you know mobile phone; they just tried to sort of perfect it. They're right there were we had flip phones and Blackberries for a long time before Apple came out with the iPhone. The same is with uh, MP3 players, right? I mean, there were tons and- of different. MP3 players, and then they developed a, a uh, you know, the the iPad. Well, even more recently, the tablet, I remember when they said they were going to yeah. call it the iPad, it was, you know, ridiculed. And the AirPods, which I cannot live without. Um, people didn't think those were going to take off, and they certainly have. Anyways, we... We're so excited about this topic. We're going to do it for our weekly. So make sure you watch out for that, our weekly deep dive, which you can find at cnbc.com slash TC weekly. Thank you. Um, But we'll go into this. We'll talk more about the edge. We'll talk more about the Apple proposition as a dark horse here. So watch out for that later this week. And we'll be back tomorrow with another story. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.